All right, Mr. Dan Keller, really, really pumped to have you join the show here today. A lot of the folks that are listening to the podcast here, believe it or not, are, of course, north of the border. And so we're very excited to bring someone uh, just two to three hours south of us in the Seattle area to join the show and and really shed some light on uh, not only what's happening in the U.S., but just uh, uh, the way that you think about mortgages and money is is really cool. And so really pumped to have you come on and join us here today to talk about not only that, but obviously share some incredible incredible uh opportunities and, and ways to think with our audience so dan thank you so much for joining us today no oh, it's my pleasure I'm, I'm excited and happy to be here what's up guys you are listening to the ybr remo show where we talk all things vancouver real estate and mortgages take boring topics and make them interesting make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket create wealth in real estate and simplify the complicated so we made you do this like right like two minutes ago before the recording and of course the folks missed it you gave us like the best breakdown of your of your history and your past so when I thought about that and when I listened to that, Dan, I was I was I was thinking, okay, well, you know what? Instead of you running us through the whole gamut of what happened, I think it would be pretty neat for us to take a little bit of some breaks in between your backstory and what happened and try to build that into the episode because there are certainly some stories and some lessons that you learned in your journey to not only becoming a mortgage professional, but your history before that, but lead you into how you advise your clients and customers today. Um and before I'm going to be a total jerk and I'm going to keep, keep talking here for a second, before we go too deep into it, for the listeners of the podcast here today, you're going to walk away with some fundamental ideas and strategies on really how to think about money perhaps differently. So Dan, not to lay it on too hard here today, my friend, but maybe just give us the once over on how you got into the mortgage space and what you did right before that. Yeah, I love my I love telling my story because I think it's super relatable and it's and it and it really helps you better understand why I do what I do today. So prior to me getting in the mortgage industry in 2008, I know the best the best year, right, to ever choose to to get into mortgage finance in America. Um I was a college professor and a college baseball coach, all right? So I loved coaching kids. I loved my passion was education and teaching because I had a strength and conditioning coach when I was in college, changed my life. What he did is he saw someone who had a desire, someone who had a want, you know, my nutrition was broken, my fitness was broken, meaning I just didn't know how. That was this guy's, this is back in the 90s. So back before, you know, the internet, right? What he did is he just said, hey, you need to eat this. Um, but what he actually did before that is he said, I want you to write down what you're eating and what you're drinking every single day. And he goes, I also want you to write down what you're doing for a workout. And in doing so, he came back and gave me feedback and then he gave me education and that education changed my life. Two years later, I was an All-American. I ended up playing two years of semi-pro ball. And just because of that, it was my life goal to do that for other young men. So got into, uh, my goal was to be a college and pro baseball coach. So I was doing that. I was having success and fun doing that, but then met my wife. And we began a family and I'll tell you what, the college and pro baseball arena is not really conducive for a young marriage um, or being a young father because you're gone all the time. You're recruiting, you're coaching, you're gone. And so I made the decision to protect my marriage and my family in 2006 and uh, pulled back, pulled back from coaching. Knew I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know what that was. And in the meantime, I had bought a couple of homes. Uh, obviously bought my own home and then invested um, in a couple of rental properties. And I know I didn't, didn't really want to be a real estate agent. It wasn't that I wanted to be a real estate agent 
Um, but I was infatuated with this investing thing, this advice that I was getting like, hey, you can invest in real estate and you know, over time, it's going to be worth a lot more. That's really all I knew. Nobody was really pouring into me and teaching this. I was just, what I wanted was I wanted that strength and conditioning coach in the business world. Okay. That, that one guy that changed my life in college, I'm like, God, there's got to be this person in the business world that can help me out. So I started reading books and that's when I ran into Zig Ziglar and I ran into Jim Rohn and I ran into John Maxwell and and these were great mindset, motivational, inspirational, success people, but they weren't do this. They weren't tactical. Dan, if you did this, you'll be here. But all what I learned from all those 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 men um, was how to build a better Dan Keller. And I just knew over time if I kept working on Dan, the rest would just fall into place. And went back to school to get into uh, the financial planning world. I wanted to be a financial planner. I wanted to learn more about money. I came from a uh, a, a, I'd say poor, lower class, lower middle class home in uh, south, uh, just north of, of Seattle. So I never really had anything as a kid. And I knew that, you know, I went to college and I knew that I was motivated and I was, uh, I, I could do a little bit better financially than my parents. I just didn't know how. Okay. And I thought that I, better than my parents was me being a, a teacher and a coach. And, and that certainly was going to be better financially. But bigger picture. You can't get exposed to Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and John Maxwell and some of these men without thinking super big. Like, like, okay, you're not going to make a hundred grand a year. You're going to make a, a million a year. You're not going to make a hundred grand a month. You're going to make a million a month. Right. And so my small thinking of, I want to make a hundred grand a year turned into, I want to make 500 grand a year, but how do I do this? And I, uh, I thought that it was through real estate, through investing and maybe being a financial planner, but it wasn't income based. It wasn't like, I'm going to make a million dollars. It was like, I'm going to earn a million dollars through investing. I just didn't know how to do it. And as fate would have it, as God would have it, um, I, I got into the, I went back, studied financial planning, pre prepared to be a financial planner and the markets crashed in 2008. So no financial planning firms were, were hiring people at that time. In fact, they were running those types of guys out of the out of the industry because they were the ones, if you ever watched the movie, The Big Short, they're the ones responsible for the crash, them and mortgage guys and real estate agents. And so, but I didn't know any of that, right? So I'm coming in as a as an inspirational college baseball coach and, and a teacher, a professor, and with very, very little sales skills or sales bones in my body. Mine was more educational. Like, I want to teach you. I want to help you. I don't want to sell you. And so um, I had met with one of my former athletes dads who was successful. I didn't know what he did, but it, you know, dressed really nice, drove the nice car, paid me really well to teach and coach his kids privately, ran in him one day. And he, uh, he asked what I was doing. Cause he, he had heard that I got out of, out of coaching baseball. And I said, Hey, I'm going to be a financial planner. And he goes, well, that's kind of crazy. And considering the markets. And, uh, I said, well, thanks. Thanks for your advice. You know, I said, you, what do you suggest? And he goes, well, Hey, let's talk next week. He took me out to lunch and I found out he owned a mortgage company. And he said, you know, you got this background in education. You're a great coach and you're a great teacher. And you just went back and learned how money works um, and, and real estate works. He goes, come work for me and, and uh, I'll get you a job. And, and I think you do really well. Um, I, I took him up on that offer. And the only thing I proved him wrong was the, the really well. I did exceptionally well. I broke all the records in their office. I think I, uh, I outgrew his office and left them in 2012 and uh, went out and hired a coach. So I've worked with a couple different coaches in the mortgage industry. 
and have just continued to grow. And, and even to this day in 2022, I'm professionally coached. I get coached every single month and I continue to grow and I continue to think bigger, um, just like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and those guys, those gentlemen taught me early on in, in my life, in my professional life. So that's, I tell you this, you guys, because my background has framed, people are like, well, how do you help 400 families a year? How are you uh, so successful in the mortgage space? Uh, it's because I approach each client. Like this morning, I met with a client. I met with one of my past clients who's uh, a business attorney. He's an attorney in town, very successful attorney in town. And he, he wants to start investing in real estate. He's making all this money. He's got all this money set aside. And he just doesn't know where to start. And I think my background in education, my background in wanting to help people like that strength and conditioning coach did for me has served me very, very well. So if you're a, a mortgage professional listening to this or a real estate professional or a business owner listening to this today, I think you're going to see some common things that'll show up that are success principles in life in general, but things that I've really taken and given back to people because someone gave them to me, whether it's Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar or that strength and conditioning coach in Iowa um, that blessed me with a gift that I'll keep giving until, until I can't give anymore. Thank you for that. It was very powerful and uh, an incredible backstory to hear. And, and it really helps to shape and understand where you're at today and obviously what your intentions are um, to give back to people in the community, given the fact that you've obviously had those mentors in your life that have done so. Um, I, I believe Dean or Derek had a, a couple of thoughts or questions to hop into. So I'll, I'll let them jump in. And then we, we got some digging to do here. It's clear you have a passion for education, especially with your background. And, um, you know, just the fact that you're meeting with your client this morning and, and trying to build out a plan to, you know, to achieve his goal. How do you go? Like, where do you take the educational side of the business to the next level where, you know, probably the competitors are just not even thinking in that mindset? That's an incredible question. So I think there's there's two parts. The answer will, will come in two parts. Number one, you always have to continue to be learning. You know, so I'm learning every single day. I haven't, I'm not an expert. Like, like, like I will, you'll never hear me say that I'm a mortgage expert um, because you can't be. Mm -hmm. There's just so much that's changing. There's, uh, there, gosh, a, a new guideline is going to come out next week or the rates are going to change today, you know, or tomorrow, or the Fed might go and do something crazier. You know, an adverse economic event might happen. But what I try to do is I try to, I try to equip myself, you guys, with the knowledge to give the wisdom, the information to give good advice. So I'll give you a really great example in, in answering your question. Uh, we all know that uh, the, the coronavirus uh, hit us really hard in, uh, well, we found out, what was that, February of 2020. If you go back and you look at my social media and you go back and look at some of the, the stuff that I was sharing, by March of 2020, so we're talking first couple of weeks in March of 2020, I knew nothing about the coronavirus. I knew nothing about what it was, what it was going to do to the industry, all of that stuff. But what I did is I started researching it and I put out a slide deck and I did a, a short PowerPoint presentation. I sent out to my realtors. I published it on, on, on social media and said, okay, here's what this is. Here's what it's doing. And here's what I think it's going to do to our industries. It's already starting to cause the stock market to crash, crypto to crash, uh, mortgage interest rates to drop. Okay. So that's normal. Like if there's a tsunami in Japan, like we saw, you know, 10 years ago, 
the markets crashed as a result, rates dropped as a result. So at getting that opportunity to go, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about this virus. I don't know what it's going to do, but I know they're shutting down the world right now. So it's probably kind of serious. So here's what it is. Here's what I know. Here's what it's probably going to do. And here's what we need to do to be prepared. Here's what you can do as a home buyer. If you're thinking about buying a home, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, if you're thinking about selling your home, this is how it might impact you. So I think, and then I've done the same thing, you guys, and you, you'll see with the, if you follow on social and, and on YouTube, um, I taught a real estate agent class three months ago on what is inflation, what is recession, and what I did is I shared a bunch of data over the last 70 years explaining, one, defining inflation, defining what a recession is, and then what the housing market and mortgage rates and the economies have done during different times of inflation and recessional periods in the United States of America. And I explained that. So that real estate agents understood that. And then I give it to my borrowers. And so by doing that, I'm not an expert. I'm not an economist. What I did is a little bit of research, a little bit of teaching, but I met with a client last night, going to buy a million dollar home, first time home buyer in Seattle. I know we have these tech workers that get paid 200 grand a year down here and, and, uh, and they can buy these types of homes, but first time home buyer doesn't know if he wants to buy right now, um, worried about the economy. Um, all of these big concerns, he goes, you know, I've been watching this one house and they've already had $200,000 in price reductions. He was like, this is great. I'm going to get a deal on a house. And I said, well, Brian, let me talk to you about this real quick. So that house that you've been watching was probably listed about 45 to 50 days ago is probably priced incorrectly. That's why you're seeing the pricing reductions that you've seen. And that's not the real estate agent's fault. That's the real estate agent trying to do its best for its sellers, its clients, based off of the time that they wanted to sell their house. And what the economy, what the market's doing right now is talking back to them, going, hey, your timing was off. You priced that home at $1.2 million, two months too late. That's all that's happening right now. It's not that the market's dropping by $200,000 in your price point. So I said, what I want to encourage you to do, Brian, moving forward is find homes that you like on you know, Redfin or the app that your, your realtor gave you. Watch those. And what you're going to find is now agents are, the market's kind of settled in. Agents are pricing houses more appropriately now. You're not going to see the $100,000 or $200,000 drops where you're not going to be able to offer that low. And then what I did is I gave him that report. After that mortgage planning meeting, this gentleman was like, I have a crystal ball. And I was like, absolutely you do. So if you study data and you study history and you understand that inflation happens, then it's overinflated, then a recession happens. And if you understand what happens during those periods relative to mortgage rates and real estate, I showed him in this report, home values don't drop during a recession. They drop during inflation, periods of inflation. What we're seeing right now is massive inflation in the US, right? And we're starting to see home values come down and drop as a result because of interest rates being so high. And so once I explained that to him, he was like, oh, so during a recession, home values will go up. And I said, yeah, why do you think? And he goes, because rates will drop during a recession. I go, bingo. So you have this crystal ball right in front of you. And he goes, so I should be buying in the next six to eight to 10 months. And I said, absolutely. You'll get a deal in the next six to eight months. You'll be able to refinance and lower your rate during a recession when rates drop. 
But at the same time, home values will go up. So it's a win-win-win. So I think answer that's a long-winded answer to your question, Dean. But how do I use education? What I do is I, hey, I'm teaching a class. The way I look at my business, the way I look at my clients is I'm a teacher. I'm a professor. I'm showing up to teach my students. I don't just show up and read out of a textbook. I show up and I give them my all. I show up and give them some context to what the textbook says. And that's all I'm doing. The textbook is mortgage, mortgage rates, buying a home. But the context that I'm giving them is everything associated with the time that we're in and everything that's happening and how that might impact this decision that they're about to make. That's a great answer. I mean, that's really valuable information. And just one thing that I've been kind of capturing as you've been talking is we've talked about this a lot, but even like on our side, there's a little bit of a passion for change. A lot of people don't like change, but when the market just changed, because we went, we went from a dramatically, dramatically uh, upward pressure market, subject free offers, things were moving in two days. You could buy a house three weeks ago and it was up $75,000 quite literally. And over the course of a month, it completely flipped. And that forced us, and this is where I think that if you stop learning, you'll fail. It forced us to learn the new market and learn what is going to happen and do the research, right? And the people that are not doing that are the people that are going to quite literally exit this business through this, this path, right? Now, the question I had you for you, Dan, you got into this market at probably the worst time ever, or this industry, I should say. I'm curious how that went for you and how you dealt with that, because you've obviously seen, not to this extent, but you've seen a market like this before, right? Worse. And that's where you started. So you didn't know any different. So I'm just curious how that went. How were your first two years were? They, they were not great. Um, but, but here's the thing, you guys, I didn't have a scoreboard to compare how great or how bad they were going to be. Right. I knew that like with any new endeavor, I jumped in and I was like, this is awesome. I got, I got to help. One of my athletes, parents refinanced their house. The company that I worked for gave me a $3,100 commission for getting to help them with their mortgage, which I was super stoked. Okay. I got to help someone. They loved the experience. They thought that they were helping me. You know, we're going to support coach Keller. Uh, he's a mortgage guy. We need to re refinance. Well, we'll just use him. Okay. I took that commission check and although it didn't pay all of our bills or anything, I took that commission check and I looked at it and I was like, this is $3,100. What if I could help two more families? That's almost nine grand. That's more money than I've ever made in a month. What if I could help five families a month? So it wasn't like, this is a tough market. This is going to be hard because it's a new industry. I don't know anything about this. I was like, what do I have to do to help five people a month? Well, I got to meet more people. How do I meet more people? I got to get better at marketing. So people are always like, Dan, you're so good at marketing. Who does your marketing for you? I do it all. I don't hire anyone. I do all my own marketing, social media, print, all of that stuff. I had to get good at marketing. Remember, you guys, my goal in 2008 was how can I help five families a month? That was my mission. So I figured out in order to do that, I had to get good at marketing. Number two, I had to, I had to, I had to learn mortgages and I had to figure out mortgages and understand this. What, what is a mortgage? What are all the different loan programs and what do people need? Number three, I had to get good at sales. Remember you guys, I was a teacher. I was a coach. So the only, I, I feel like I'm really, really, really good at sales because 
the selling that I had to do as a teacher and as a coach is I had to sell kids on the opportunity. I had to sell kids on the opportunity. You put in the work, you can make it to the pros. I had to sell kids on, I need you to work harder for me, for the team, so that we can win. So I had to sell them on things that were out of my control. So when I got into mortgage, I was like, this is easy. I can sell people on me. I can control me. I can be the best. I have the best attitude. There's not a mortgage guy in Seattle that's going to work harder than me. I am the best. Okay, I can sell Dan Keller. So I was like, I'm taking these sales skills, these soft sales skills that I learned as a coach and as a teacher and applied it to mortgage. And it was my first two years were fun. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, late, late nights, like the whole Gary Vaynerchuk thing, you know, you work from nine to five, take a couple hour break. And then your second, your night shift is from eight to two and you get three hours of sleep. That was my first two to three years in mortgage. That's when I learned how to market. That's when I built some marketing packets. That's when I learned how to present. I found a gap right away too in the real estate industry that one, real estate brokers don't teach their real estate agents how to sell. They don't teach them how to manage their past clients. They don't teach them how to market. They don't teach them anything. So I was like, hey, I'm going to be the mortgage teacher. So I just went out to real estate offices and said, hey, I want to do homebuyer classes. Who wants to help me? Um, hey, I want to do lunch and learns and teach you guys about you know this and that. And that's really how I went out and started meeting real estate agents. And uh, I look back, you guys, my first two years in mortgage, I don't think was, was hard because I didn't have anything to compare it to. I thought it was fun. I got to, I got to work on me and sell me versus selling a, a, a university or, or, uh, or selling a curriculum. So I, I loved it, man. But that was, that was the grind. The first two years was a massive grind. And then kind of going full circle, you know, back to, to Dean, I know you asked a question on how I use education that comes full circle on how I use education, how I use my back, my past experience as an educator in sales too. Um, because I think you guys, so many of us, I see this with real estate agents and mortgage lenders. They're too salesy. Mm -hmm. Learn to teach. That's my best piece of advice. Learn to teach, come from a place of, I want to contribute to helping you improve your situation. If you're a home buyer, I want to help you get XYZ. If you're a realtor, I want to help you make more money, period. If you're a loan officer that I'm coaching, I want to be that strength coach that changed my life back in 1998. Okay, let me help you with that. I want to circle back. You said something in one of the first questions that we answered where you talked about, okay, I listened to Zig Ziglar, I listened to these guys, and they gave me the, the how to be, but they didn't give me the, the what to do. So that was the tactics. And, you know, because a lot of the folks listening to our show here are our end users and, and people who own the homes and people who are, are, you know, obviously looking to invest in real estate. And there's a lot of folks who are just generally interested in real estate who listen to our podcast and they love to hear the tactical. But a lot of the questions that we've been getting lately are around the specifics are you mentioned you're like inflation and uh, and uh, recession, which we'll touch on in a quick second. But before we go, there is how do I manage my money? What do I do? So I'm not going to ask you to do a, a 60 minute presentation on you know how you teach people. But I would love if you could maybe just spend a minute or two just talking about what are some of the fundamentals that you see people commonly miss that they could really be taking care of right now to set them up for success. I, like I think there just be so much value in hearing that right now. So even when I'm talking with with business professionals and real estate agents um, and mortgage loan officers, I always bring this up because I think it's I think awareness is key. So you've heard me talk about this a lot in the mortgage coach community that 
I believe that my number one job as a mortgage professional is to bring about awareness, financial awareness, period. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not going to tell you what stocks to buy or what to invest in. I'm not going to talk about investment vehicles, but I am equipped at 46 years of age. I've got a lot of wisdom. I've done a lot of things right, but I've done a few things wrong and I've learned from them. Okay. And so I think some of the mistakes that I, I see people making right now, number one is they have no idea what is coming in every single month and what is going out. So number one, they don't have a budget. Okay. So I ask every real estate agent, I ask every financial planner that I work with, I ask every any you know mortgage loan officer that I'm talking to about maybe coming to work with me, borrowers that I'm meeting with, I always ask them this. And it's just a it's almost a fun icebreaker type question when we're talking business. Um, but I always say, hey, I'm I'm curious. Um, do you do you manage your budget every single month? Like your money, you know what's coming in and going out every single month to the tune that you're using an app or an Excel spreadsheet like I use. And then I just shut up and I, li I listen to them make excuses around, well, I kind of, yeah, kind of, but so no, you don't. You don't know how much left is left over every single month. So when I'm talking to borrowers, it's a huge part of my initial, this is before they take application or anything. I'm curious because I want to know this. I need to know a little more about you, but I don't know what you like to do off the field. So I'm curious every single month when you pay your rent, when you pay all of your bills, your student loans, your all of your expenses, eating out, having fun with your hobbies at the end of every single month, how much money is left over? And I can tell you nine times out of 10. And I live in Seattle, work with some pretty savvy, I would say savvy home buyers, you know, tech employees, nine out of 10 cannot give me an answer. I can tell you on the spot how much money I had left over in August, after all my bills were paid, hmm. I can tell you on the spot how much money I had left over in July. It's right here on my computer, on my spreadsheet, because I do a personal family budget every single month. I know how much money I brought in, my wife and I brought in. I know how much money went out. And I know how much money I'm giving to my financial planner. So number one, budget. I think number two, when it comes to awareness, is they're not people are not putting their money to work. So they don't know where it's going. They don't know what's coming in and what's going out. Number two, they're not putting it to work. It's sitting in a money market or a bank account. Okay. Um, if I could do my financial life all over again, I would do what I'm doing right now every single month. At the end of every month, what's left over goes to my financial planner. He invests it. It's gone. He invests it. I know what he's investing in. We have a plan and I trust him with it. Okay. Um, I think a lot of young people, they're not getting their money. They're not putting their money to work. They're afraid to invest in the stock market. They're afraid to invest in real estate um, because they can't physically see the money. And that's the worst thing, I think. Just because you can physically see the money doesn't mean anything. It actually means you can physically see yourself getting broke. Okay. So I, I, I don't see people budgeting. I don't see people putting their money to work. And I think I would say the third thing. The third thing that I think financially um, is is more mentally is more of a mindset thing. We're not taught um, we're not taught I don't want to say mental toughness, but I want to say more mental fitness. We're not taught how to think about things more clearly or more powerfully. 
And I think when people think about money, the mental side of money, they let emotions take over. And I think the most important thing that I would want to get across to clients and people is that money is money doesn't have emotions. Invest money, it is black or white. It's actually green, but it's black or white, right? Money, money is emotionless. We bring emotions into it and it costs us money. And so if, if we could take those three things, if we could take those three things with people, if I could go back into my 20s, take those three things, I would be 100% retired right now. I would probably still be doing something. I would be in mortgage, but I wouldn't be necessarily originating mortgages. I'd probably be done by now. And so those are three keys. Budget, put your money to work, and understand the, the mentality of money. Absolute gold. Like you hear us quiet here because we're just listening so hard to what you're saying here. And I just think, I think that everybody listening to the show is if they, well, I, I'm sure they made it this far, but they're going to be writing these things down and taking copious notes about what you just said there, because that is some absolute gold. Um, and, and, and I, I, you know what, Dan, like if you would ever want to come back on the future, I don't want to ask you too many questions because we'd love to have you come on and go even deeper in the future. But I guess I'll dig a little bit further. Like one thing that stood out to me right there was you said that if someone taught me that when I was younger, I would be obviously in a different place right now today and 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 have a different lifestyle and so forth. So what I'm hearing from you is you spend a lot of your time teaching and educating real estate agents, your clients, and, and many other people uh, to, to do these things straight away. I would love to know, just out of curiosity, how many people that you work with actually would you say are, are taking this and, and doing it? Like, would you, is it a regular occurrence? And, and if they are, do you know, are you able to generalize and say that, Hey, these people are actually a lot more successful than the folks that aren't. Do you have any idea? One of the things that you heard me say a minute ago, that my number one job is to bring about awareness, right? What is that saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them, you know, you can't make them drink. You know, my, my thing is if I can teach people and bring about awareness that you should be doing this, um, and by the way, after I help them with their mortgage, you're going to get stuff from me every single week on this type of stuff. So I do a, a weekly video and it's called, and I've been doing this since 2016. It's called making sense of your market. And it's titled mortgage money and mindset. Those are three things that I'm super passionate about. So I just share it. It's four minute video every single week. They're on YouTube. Um, if they're not getting it from me up front, if they're not, if it's not enough for them to make a move up front to go sit down and meet with a financial planner or, or start their budget, um, they're going to get it from me week over week. And then what I'll do once a month, I do um, a money class for all my clients. I invite them out. I've been doing them via Zoom, but I'll invite them out. And it's a basic budgeting and money class. It's super simple. It's one hour. Uh, and so I offer that monthly to our clients too. Same thing nothing to be sold. They can't buy anything from this. It's all just bringing about financial awareness, maybe some how-tos with the intent that if they if they do need to take action, I have a financial planner, a CPA, people that I can refer them to if needed. Um, but you know, it's it's my biggest thing is I can't I can't track, you know, how many people are, you know, are, you know, doing their budget every single month. I would like to say that um, I, all my clients would listen to me. Um, what, what I will tell you is that it's, it's a game changer for me in business up front because I'm leading from, yeah, I'm your mortgage guy. I'm going to help you with a mortgage, but I always use this example. Let's say that you, you weren't feeling really well. You're, you're, you had a sore throat and it wasn't going away. So you're like, gosh, darn it. This is bugging me. I'm going to go to the doctor. 
and you go to the doctor and the doctor's kind of, you know, you haven't had a physical in a while. So the doctor's like, you know, I'm going to take a look at a few things and they're looking down your throat and they're taking your blood pressure and your heartbeat, your heart rate and, and, and all of that stuff. And, and, uh, looking in your ears, asking you a few more questions, but you know, right, right here on your neck, you know, there's this kind of this, this little red spot that doesn't really look right. And the doctor kind of sees it, but doesn't really say anything about it because you're in, you're in because of a sore throat, right? A couple months goes by, doctor got, doctor gave you some medication for that sore throat, went away. But a couple months goes by in your back and that, that little red mark on your neck is now a, a, a lump and it's bigger um, and it's cancer. You know, it's something serious, Okay. I use this exact same example that I just shared with you with every single one of my clients. And I say that just like that doctor saw that mark, but wasn't normal, but looked the other way because it wasn't their job right there on that spot to, 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 to kind of look into that. You came for a sore throat. You're coming to me for a mortgage. I'm 46 years old. I've managed my money really good. I know a lot more than most mortgage people about money. In fact, I know a lot more about money and investing than most financial planners. I just don't do day, I don't trade. I don't invest with, as, as, a, as a career. So if I have your tax returns and I have your pay stubs and I have your bank statements and I see your savings habits and I ask you these questions and there's all these little red dots that are concerning to me as a physician and I don't address them, that's called malpractice. That's the way that I look at my job. And so when I teach my clients this up front, I'm now no longer just their mortgage guy. Dan's my money guy. Dan's my financial guy. When I get referred, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, I want you to meet my financial guy, Dan. He's, he did our mortgage to help us buy our house. Amazing. And so I don't just say all this stuff. I don't just talk to my clients up front about this stuff. I send them those weekly emails. I send them those weekly videos. I hold the week, the monthly um, money classes, budgeting classes. Um, I'll do a quarterly wine and wisdom event where I'm bringing out a financial planner. And we're talking about 401ks and IRAs and all that other stuff. And so I think it's so important as, as mortgage people that we learn more about finance. We learn more about financial literacy. We learn more about money. Again, not to give advice. I'm not giving money advice. I'm bringing about awareness. Hey, that red mark right here on your neck is concerning to me. I'm going to have you go look at a dermatologist. I'm going to have a dermatologist go look at that for you. We need to go look at and have a different type of a specialist, maybe take a look at that, right? That's all I'm doing. I'm the, the general physician or the general practitioner that does mortgages and does it really well. But if I see other things, I want to bring about awareness. Gold. Well said. I mean, it's like, it seems so simple. But uh, it's obviously not, you know, just to that example, when you're going to the doctor for that one thing, and they're just, you know, that's all they're focusing on. So it's cool to just hear that, that awareness piece. It, it, again, it's just such a simple piece that, that we, we do and every day as well. And it's just refreshing to hear a lot of what you're saying, because it's just reassuring more than anything, which is which is really, for me, refreshing. Um, the budgeting piece, I yeah. mean, that hit homes. That really hits home with me, especially right now while we're dealing with rising rates and rising payments. And you know, we're each talking to probably five or six people every single day that are dealing with some financial hardship. 
And, you know, you kind of need where I start every single conversation is like, let's, let's take the mortgage out of the picture for a second. Let's talk about your budget, right? Like the worst thing you can do right now is try to sell your home in a down market because you can't afford the payment. So what else can we do in life to tighten up your budget to get through the next six, 12, 18 months. Right. And it's, you know, we just came out of two years where there was money everywhere. You could have bought anything and made money. You could have bought a car and made money buy a stock, Bitcoin, anything that went up. That's no longer there. The equity isn't there as a safety net, right? So we really need to rely back on personal budgeting. And, and I mean, going into these conversations, there's what is a bank going to offer me? Like for a new buyer, what is a bank going to give me? And what are you actually willing to spend, right? So we ask every single person in the first call, like you should really figure out what that monthly number is and we can kind of merge the two, right? Well, one thing I wanted to jump into, and I, I definitely want to link back to your, your recession report that you mentioned that you did on YouTube is I think that's or, or it was around the inflation and how, how ultimately what what's going to occur in those in those times I think that's very important for us to, to share with our listeners so I'd love to link back to that Alex maybe you can make a note on that um, but just from that perspective like one thing I've one thing we've all noticed here in, in, in Canada is our market we we literally follow the U.S. like to a T like everything that's happening in the U.S. six months is going to happen to us. It's, it's, it's strange, but it, that that's history and that's what's occurred here. So we really do follow your market. So I'd love to kind of know where you, you know, where you've seen your market come from, you know, from in the last six months to now, like, what have you been seeing? What is going on? And then what are the predictions for the next six months? <clears throat> that's a great question. Uh, what I've, everything's rate driven right now, interest rate driven. Um, I, and I think, well, I'd say two things. I think interest rates, are causing a commotion with builders and real estate agents. And what it's doing is it's, it's lowering consumer confidence, right? It's bringing fear into the market. So you, you got to understand, I heard this analogy and I can't remember who, who, who shared this with me, but, and I'm not a big NASCAR. I don't really follow NASCAR a whole lot, but understand these cars are going around a track and they're racing each other, right? And, and when they come around these corners, they head in these, these the, the, main, the two main long stretches on a track, they're going in excess of 250 miles an hour. But when they take these turns in these corners, they're dropping down to 80 to 90 miles an hour on, these, on, on, the, on the two edges, the two corners, right? And so they're going around, I don't know, 500 times. It depends what race. So what we're going through right now is very, very similar to a racetrack. It's just cyclical. Okay. This is just, and, and I'll send you guys the link to this, the, the report that I made that just shows from the 1930s all the way to 2020. So almost a hundred years, you just see these cycles. The only thing is the only difference is these cycles move up a ramp, which is improved values, improved, you know, compensation in America an improvement in the economy, but they're just cycles. And so that's one takeaway to give to your clients is just understand that all this is, is a cycle. What we're seeing here in Seattle right now in September of 2022 is we're finally starting to see a breakthrough. Like I, I mentioned earlier and taking and much respect to real estate agents, because I would hate to try to price a home in a in a in a transitioning market, right? And because you're kind of torn, you gotta you gotta help your sellers, and you gotta price the home and, and appease them, or you're gonna get fired, and they're gonna go someone else. But down deep in the back of your mind, you're like, this home's not gonna sell for 1.2 million. 
but you got to do it because your sellers, because your neighbor, the seller's neighbor home, neighbor's home just sold for 1.1 a month ago. So you're like, oh, they, they still think that they're on that trajectory. So what we're finally starting to see here now, you guys, is more of, all right, real estate agents are pricing homes more in tune with where the market's at right now. We're kind of out of that transition. We're more normalizing right now, uh, which is which is rate driven. Okay, the reason why the market came down a little is because interest rates are almost at six percent right now, um, and that's scaring a lot of home buyers. Um, one, from an affordability standpoint. Number two, they're seeing rates go up. They're hearing news of recession, and when people hear the word recession, what do you think they think about? Fear, fear, bad. Two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. In two thousand eight, you know the market's going to crash. So I don't want to buy a home right before the market's going to crash again. That's why I made this report, you guys. Cross out 2008 because that was an anomaly. If you look at the 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, 2000, 2020, look at all of those recessions and economic cycles, home values went up afterward. But here's what happened pre, during, and following those times. And they can see identical what's happening right now here in in the US. And so right now we're seeing normalization, which is great. I believe it's going to get a little bit worse before it's going to get better. So as interest rates go up, the market's going to soften a little bit more. But I believe that we'll be in a full-on recession Q2, Q3 of next year. Mortgage rates drop during recessions. The second mortgage rates give, home values are going to do this. It's exactly what's going to happen next year. So we just have this, this weird time frame right now that we're going through, that we all just need to be patient. We need to give advice. We need to give education. We need to share. We need to share data, like the stuff that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. We need to share this with our clients. I love this. That's a that's a great point. One thing Alex mentions this quite a bit. I don't know where you got this this quote from, but um, marry the home, date the rate. Because and and you mentioned this earlier, like you know, you're buying now, and maybe the rate's not so advantageous. But you know, we can refinance in that example, and maybe Q3 when the rates are starting to come down, right? Like those are those are the options that that are there from a flexibility standpoint that I think are super important for people to remember. Yeah, I made a joke the other day, you guys. I made a joke the other day, the divorce rate in America is like almost 60% right now, right? So the whole Mary thing is not real relevant right now and the whole dating thing, <laughs> so what, what I tell people, I tell people this all the yeah. time, this is my analogy, this is Dan Keller, I made this up. And the mortgage industry is blowing up the whole Mary the, Mary the Home date rate thing. This is what I tell clients, buy the home, rent the rate. <laughs> I, keep it, I keep industry industry specific because here's the thing, buy the home, rent the rate. You can't ever go back and rebuy a home, a but point. you can go back and yeah. rework your rate, rework your mortgage in a refinance. So buy that home right now. Just like marrying, you're married to the rate or excuse me, you're married to the home. Go buy the home, own the home, own the home, rent the rate. The range, the range just kind of floating with you. It's a vehicle. So I like that because that's going to happen. And, and, and here's the thing you can't, you're not going to be able next year to go back and rebuy this home. You're not going to want it because it's going to be worth $200,000 more. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, own the home, own the home and, uh, and rent rate. Big takeaways, obviously for our listeners are uh, get your money in order right now. Take those three steps that uh, Dan mentioned. We'll throw those in the show notes so people can follow through on that. 
Um, and, and certainly, uh, as Dan mentioned, and I agree with you, Dan, 100% wholeheartedly, we talk about this as a partnership behind the scenes. Uh, if you want to buy, get prepared now. Now is the time to be getting prepped and start looking because it's coming out. And, and uh, transparently speaking, I am prepared and ready to go. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, the market. Uh, I've talked to some very successful people who, who have a similar mindset to you that are already jumping in right now and saying, you know what? I'm not going to wait, whatever. Next six months are going to be what the next six months are. I know where we're at right now and it's a good place. So we'll be all right. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. We'll, we'll make sure to throw in all the links and, and so forth. We went a little over time, but it was definitely worth it. 100% worth it today. And uh, man, we just want to really thank you for the time that you spent with us because so much value. Appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure, you guys.